Evening, everybody. So back in February, we had uh, one of our women's holy hours. I'm sure a number of you were there. Um, we've had some powerful and memorable prayerful nights with uh, the women over the years. But this one, um, I don't know, I think it was sort of in a league by its own. It was, uh, wow, it was just an, it was an amazing night. Uh, Laura Began spoke. She talked about the death of her, the sudden unexpected death of her two and a half year old little girl, Rosie. She died in her sleep. It was gut-wrenching the night. Uh, we were here at St. Mary's and it was uh, just an emotionally exhausting night. And I, I spoke with people in the days that followed and, and, and about a number of people said to me they were just, they were tired, like they were they were physically tired the next morning because of, of the night before and the power of it. She really just talked about her faith. She talked about that night and the loss of her little girl, but then how faith just um, well, got her through it. And it wasn't this simplistic, kind of blind, non-questioning, just full speed ahead kind of a faith. It was very real and very honest. It was raw. But ultimately it was faith. It was so powerful and um, so inspiring this night. I felt very uh, grateful to be there as seeing, being as, seeing as how it was a, a woman's night. Earlier this month, the beginning of April, we had a men's retreat out at uh, Huntington, the seminary in Huntington. Laura's husband, Charlie, spoke to the guys. He was equally inspiring. It's a difference, certainly a difference between guys and girls. Just they told the same story, but uh, yeah, we're just different. You know, the guys sort of responded in, in different ways than the women, and not better or worse, just God made us different, you know? It's a great thing. So, being able, having been at both of these, it was interesting to kind of compare both what this mother and father said about this same hellish experience. It's also interesting, like I said, just to see kind of how, the, how it was received from the different groups. But at the end of the day, they really just, they both talked about faith and hope. Well, really the hope that comes from faith in the midst of indescribable grief and suffering. Like they tried to put words on it, but you just knew it wasn't even 
scratching the surface, the depth of their, their pain. I could hear, when, I was in, when, when Laura spoke in here, people just were, you could hear people sobbing in the church. When Charlie spoke to the guys, one of the things he talked about was uh, his, cert, his search, almost like this odyssey that he went on. He needed to know what happened. He needed to know where Rosie now was. So he needed to see her again. He needs to see her again. He believes she's in heaven, but it's like, how do, I, how do I live my life in such a way that I earn heaven and I'm with her again? And he found it in faith. They were both faithful. They were a faithful couple. It wasn't like God and prayer and church was, was foreign to them. But this just changed it all. Like it was never the same. They pursued God in a way after Rosie's death that just, they just never needed to before. He was so honest to Charlie. And, and he was told, he said, you know, before she died, he was like, he said he'd be like, he'd binge watch Net, Netflix series. Or he was, you know, crazy into fantasy football. I mean, a great dad, a great husband, no doubt. But, like, these were the things that sort of grabbed his attention. And he said, after Rosie's death, like, that all just changed. And he started reading theology and philosophy, psychology. Became, like, consumed with discovering like the, the wisdom of the church. Trying to find answers and meaning. He talked uh, in this talk at one point about kind of his discovery of Mary, the Blessed Mother. Again, you know, he knew who she was and he knew the Hail Mary. And, but after this ordeal, like it was just, like I said, nothing was the same. All of these people took on such different meaning and place. He talked about that Pieta that Rena just mentioned. When Jesus is taken down from the cross, this famous sculpture by Michelangelo. I mean, it's timeless, isn't it? He talked about the night that Rosie died. And the last time he ever held her, he said she was wrapped in a, like a white cloth and he held her. And he said when he saw that image, like something happened with him and he just became so connected to Mary. He said that that moment was seared into his brain. He said, it was the last time I ever, I ever held my daughter in this world. Like even that's like, it's almost, it's painful to even express that. 
the last time I ever held my daughter in this world. You know, you can look at this couple, the Begans. You can see them as, as a couple, as one, a husband and wife, or as a unit, which they are, as parents. You also see them as individuals, obviously, as a, as a mother and as a father. They're just different people. They're not the same person. So they're a, they come from different places, different ways of grieving, if you were at both talks, you, you couldn't help but see it. How they grieved and grieve in different ways, Sim, sometimes sim, similar ways, but other times very different. But you know what inspires me, I think, the most maybe about this couple? And what challenges me most about this couple? Is that they stayed. They stayed by the cross. They didn't leave. They both became like modern day pietas. They could have left. They could have run. You know, these two stations, the last two, they're not really about Jesus. Pretty much all the previous ones are. But these last two really aren't. Because he's dead at this point. It's Good Friday. He's dead. These two, these two stations are really about the, the ones who stayed. In the face of the most unspeakable horror Most people left, but not everybody. Not Mary, not the Begans. I guess it was last, uh, I don't know if it was Veterans Day or Memorial Day, I don't remember now, but it was uh, one of those two holidays. Uh, I was watching uh, Saving Private Ryan was on, it's off and on, usually probably both of those holidays when we remember those who've sacrificed. And I think most have seen it. It's a, largely it's a flashback. It's kind of the story of the D-Day invasion through the eyes of this Private Ryan. Um, the movie itself begins in kind of today at the cemetery in Normandy, about 50, 55 years after that day. And this elderly gentleman is there with his family, his wife and kids and grandkids, and they're, they're visiting the cemetery at Normandy. And then he begins, he's at a grave, and he's looking at this particular gravestone, and then he starts to think, and then, and then you go into the, the heart of the movie. And if you remember the first 20 minutes of it, it's, it's horrifying. When they're in those boats that are, drop these guys into the water, and just it's like shocking violence. 
then at the end of it, Tom Hanks, who's the captain, he's a, an army ranger captain, he's in charge of this mission. This guy, Private Ryan, he has three other brothers. They're all in, in the service. Three of them have been killed in the last couple of days. And the Department of Defense realizes this is, there's one left. And they have to get him. They have to save him. Their mother can't lose all four of her children. So that's really the essence of this mission that Tom Hanks is sent to find him. Matt Damon is Private Ryan. And they get him. And there's more horror. Eventually, Tom Hanks dies at the end. This is the famous scene at the end where Private Ryan is standing right before him. And he kind of motions for him to come closer. Tom Hanks is shot to pieces. He almost barely can talk. And Private Ryan puts his ear to his mouth and he just says, earn this. If you survive this horror, live an honorable life. And then the movie comes back to the present day. And he's standing by this grave and he asks his wife, have I lived a good life? Well, he did earn it. Great movies help to inspire, don't they? Great people help even more. Who are the great people? They're the ones who stayed. So be one of the great ones.